Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Get Real and How to Live a More Authentic Life with Dr. Barry Weinhold. Dr. Weinhold, how are you today? I'm grateful as usual. Excellent. I love it. I love it. Uh, we had a very, uh, you know, rough uh, but uh, but needed topic last week and all month long. Um, but before we get to that, how have you been? What's new this week? Well, I'm uh, I'm just uh, I'm I'm. I've, I finished my latest book, and uh, in fact, at the end of the month, I'm going to talk a little bit about it. I should have either a book in hand or pretty close to it by then. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. So uh, that's been keeping me busy, and uh, and I'm looking forward to having a book in my hand. <laughs> After that's this long, uh, long ordeal of putting everything together, it's probably the most complex writing project I've ever engaged in. I've, and that says something, because this is your 70s... It's, it's, it'll be the 79th and 80th book. Because I get credit for two, because uh, it'll it'll come out in, in an ebook format and a paperback format. So it's two different books, uh, different sizes, different lengths, and, and different ISBN numbers, the whole nine yards. So... Very nice. Well, that's it. We've we've reached eighty. Only twenty more to go. Yeah. So um. <laughs> when you when you have to change your intro when when you say if seventy five books, it's now have to be eighty books. There, there we go. Uh, so what are we what are we talking about today? Broken systems. All right. That sounds like a uh, another heavy topic. That sounds like a sounds like another heavy topic. I'm going to leave you to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I I mean. Uh, Related all to uh, why uh, we have so many mass shootings in this country, and I think that's the that's the really uh, thing I've been looking at. How do you how do you explain that? How do we how come we're twenty five times more murders and mass shootings than any other similar country? And I mean, it's just like uh, I talked last week about how possibly it was related to the way we raise our boys because all the mass shooters are men. But I think it's more than that. I think we have at least three main systems that come together to really provide safety for all of us and protection. And they're not fa they're failing us. Yeah, they're, they're failed systems and they're broken. And the first one I would point to is our political system. We've had uh, 647 mass shootings uh, since, I mean, that's uh, the latest statistic. It may even be more than that. Well, that's last year, and this year it's been it's been on a pace that might uh, outdo last year, and yet we have no sensible gun control laws. I mean, we have a few, but they still have so many loopholes in them that they might as well not exist because it's still easy for everyone to get guns, and and obviously this isn't just the, the gun problem, the gun control problem. I mean, our our political system. Because we have um, no really solid campaign finance laws, uh, dark money can finance any kind of project that the manufacturers of guns, for example, or the NRA uh, wants to promote. And so uh, in 2022, uh, the NRA, for example, spent $20.7 million uh, on lobbying. Uh, and unfortunately, 97% of that went to Republicans. 
uh, and 42 Republican senators received uh, NRA money. So it's not just the representatives, but it's the, re the senators. And so they pretty much are controlling the, the narrative when it comes to uh, uh, any sensible gun control. And, and we know what would work. I mean, it wouldn't eliminate all mass shootings, but it certainly would reduce them significantly. Man, we had that back in the 90s when the uh, ban on assault weapons was passed. And then it was repealed after Republicans took uh, took control, and and so we need to restore that for one thing. And I'll talk a little bit later about the things that I think are uh, important to uh, look at in terms of how to fix the system and how to make the system work for the safety of all of us. Uh, and then beyond that, we have other systems that are just as broken. Uh, the uh, uh, law enforcement system, for example, is not really able to function effectively. It um, we have uh, in in lots of places we have laws that are supposed to protect us. I remember reading this one about this man who uh, uh, had an affair and his women caught him, and and then he he got all upset and. Because she filed for divorce and she st he started threatening her and telling her you better get a protective order or you're going to have big trouble from me and uh so she went to get a protective order which is something that that a personal protective order is what is supposed to help uh it's a restraining order meaning that he cannot be i don't know how many yards away from her he has to keep distance from her or he's in big trouble with the law. She went to court to get this order after telling the judge that he's threatened me and my children with a gun and he has mental health problems and he stopped taking his meds. And she was turned down for her personal protective order. I don't know why. It seemed like she had very good reasons for it. But four days later, he came to her at their house and shot her, shot his her mother and shot her daughter and then killed himself and it was a total failure of the of the law enforcement system to protect uh people who are in in some danger and so it it, it really uh, points out that that there are many loopholes in the mental in the in the law enforcement system that need to be closed for example um there are red flag laws, which are laws that if somebody is uh, seen as dangerous and having mental health issues, they're denied uh, access. They can't go and buy a gun, at least legally. Uh, and, and it turns out that most of the uh, people who commit mass killings have bought their guns legally, even though they uh, had uh, some uh, run-ins with the law and they had also uh, mental health issues. The guy who shot up the parade in in uh, uh, Highland Park, Illinois on July 4th had two run-ins with the police where he should have been put on a 72-hour hold because he was a threat to himself and a threat to others. And in neither case did that happen. So the law enforcement is not enforcing some of the laws that are on the books. 19 states have red flag laws. Colorado has a very uh, 
I think, a very effective red flag law. It isn't just uh, a person who knows the the person who is they think is dangerous, but if there's been any contact with law enforcement, they can initiate uh, a red flag law. And all they do is have to go to court and say this man is dangerous and should not be allowed to buy a gun. And uh, unfortunately, in Colorado Springs, about uh, two months ago, uh, a man who uh, should have been flagged under the red flag law uh, bought a, several guns and went to an LBD, whenever the, the gay nightclub here, and killed five people and wounded 12 others uh, because he had a hatred towards gays. And uh, he could have been stopped if the sheriff uh, or any family member had reported him as, and he had mental health issues, and he had a, posted on a, his website a lot of the threats that he carried out when he, when he went to this nightclub. And uh, that could have been prevented totally. And nobody's talking about that. The DA who could have initiated the uh, red flag law and, and filed uh, a red flag restriction against him didn't do that. And now he's trying to cover his rear uh, because it seems that as if this could have been a prevented uh, incident. And so we have to help enforce these laws. If they're on the books, we have to enforce them. And in Colorado, the uh, the sheriffs have, and, and the DAs have jurisdiction over their district as to whether they enforce it or not. And it's not enforced universally in Colorado, unfortunately. And that's true in many other states. So it's, it's really uh, two systems there, the political system, the law enforcement system, and finally, and last but not least, uh, it's the mental health system. That uh, many times uh, uh, we needed to have uh, restraining orders. We needed to have uh, uh, psychiatric holds put on people who have known mental problems, who have threatened the lives of others and have even threatened suicide. And yet, these are not. This doesn't happen on a, on a consistent basis. And and so really, um, there's a lot of a lot of work that can be done to help the mental health system uh, step up to the plate and protect us when needed. And and also, most of uh, the therapists in that are operating, including psychiatrists, are not trained to to be able to to identify the effects of childhood trauma. And we know that that from all the research that childhood trauma is often one of the long-term effects of childhood trauma is that people have a lot of pent up rage and anger and they act that out on, on with when they get a gun and, and shoot up a place. So there's a lot of, a lot of need for mental health people to, to be able to, uh, uh, to, to identify the causes of these issues before they erupt. And unfortunately, I would say only about five to 10% of mental health people have had training in how to understand and identify the symptoms of childhood trauma that might be operating in long term with an adult. Uh, one of the examples of that here in Colorado was James Holmes, who shot up a theater in Aurora, Colorado. And uh, he killed 12 people and wounded 80, or uh, yeah, about 80 people total. 
and uh, he really uh, had he had six sessions with a psychiatrist. He was a, a student at uh, at UC Boulder. He was a PhD student, and he started to have uh, uh, some uh, bizarre behaviors that uh, got him referred to the the uh, health center. And there he had six sessions with a psychiatrist who failed to identify how dangerous he was and how sick he was. And and uh, she really later wrote a book about the whole thing, which uh, turned out to be uh, kind of a, a disclaimer saying that uh, psychiatry can't prevent mass shootings because these mass shooters are clever and they can fool anybody. And, and tell anybody what they what they think they, they need to hear. So it really is a um, a problem that has to be addressed. So I I have I put together what I think are some sensible solutions, ways what is needed to prevent future mass shootings. And basically, uh, we have to start with banning all assault weapons, weapons of war. Automatic and semi-automatic uh, assault weapons have to be banned. We just simply can't put them in the hands of the general public. They were meant for war, not for anything else. They're not meant for recreational shooting or hunting. Certainly, you don't take an assault rifle to go hunting. And, and we actually have more weapons in this country owned by private individuals than we do people. There's more weapons. I think it's over 400,000 weapons that are legally in the hands of American people. Now, you don't need that many people to go, that many weapons to go hunting. And many of them are, uh, unfortunately, uh, assault rifles or weapons of war. So that's the first one. And then I think we need to pass a national red flag law and make sure that we get local enforcement and have consequences if law enforcement does not enforce this law. Uh, in, in this county, when I mentioned uh, that uh, they failed to enforce the red flag law and it caused five deaths and, and 12 others wounded at a gay nightclub. <clears throat> and the DA uh, was responsible. He could have enforced a, a red flag law because this guy had known kinds of mental health problems and nobody did anything about it. So then we have to close all the loopholes to background checks. There's still a number of important background check loopholes that allow people uh, that shouldn't be buying guns to buy guns. Some of them are gun shows and other places. Then we need to train psychologists and psychiatrists and other mental health people on how to identify and treat the long-term effects of childhood trauma. because. I know that from all the research I've done, starting with Columbine, I wrote a play about Columbine. I did the complete research that nobody bothered to do on Columbine. And it was like a perfect storm of about 14 things that came together to cause that to happen. But one of them was simply uh, a lack of understanding of how much trauma these boys had in their childhood. And no one, no one although they both had some therapy, and and had, in fact, Eric Harris was on an antipsychotic drug. Uh, at the time, he, he he actually had gone cold turkey off of it, 
And there's some evidence that going cold turkey off of an antipsychotic drug can cause psychotic reactions. So then uh, number five, we need to teach conflict resolution in schools. Everybody should have at least one course that should be the fourth R, resolution. And people, the research on that is very clear. When kids are taught conflict resolution skills, their violence, their, their peer violence drops dramatically. And they learn how to, how to resolve conflicts without having to resort to any kind of violence. And then obviously for people who didn't get that, they don't know how, how to resolve conflicts. I mean, you hear people who had a conflict with a boss and then he took a gun and shot him. I mean, that should not happen. If people had good conflict resolution skills, that wouldn't happen. And then I think we need to stop age grading boys and girls. I, I've come to that conclusion after studying this topic for many, many years. Boys are at least a year to a year and a half be developmentally behind girls during school years. They only catch up about age 16. And so if we required boys to enter school a little later, like a year later than girls. I, I kept my son out of school for a year because I, want, I knew about this and I wanted to make sure that he had a, a fair go of it at school. And so um, I, I left him uh, stay out of school until he was almost seven. He started school in September and then became seven in October. Then we have to pass some other things that help parents. We need to pass a family, national family leave, a paid family leave law. Uh, parents need at least a year of paid family leave. I mean, this is both parents, not just the mother, to uh, do a, a reasonably good job of preventing most childhood abuse and neglect. It's, it's, it's preventable, but given the circumstances of mothers having to go back to work, within the first six weeks after their child is born, or eight weeks at the latest, that's just not enough time to, to really offer uh, the kind of parenting and bonding that a child needs. And so one of the effects, long-term effects of poor bonding is a built-in uh, reaction called abandonment rage. Many young school shooters and other mass killers uh, have a lot of abandonment rage in them. And that came because they didn't get enough time bonding with their mothers during that first year. And then second, uh, we know, the, uh, number eight, that home visitation, free home visitation services for parents for the first three years, actually the research shows that when a home visitor is there, there is no child abuse or neglect. It absolutely eliminates it. And just to have that extra person there to visit and give uh, support and maybe some respite care at times and give parents advice on, on how to parent their children, if they're particularly new parents who don't know how to do that. And that actually brings number nine. I think we should require all people who plan to become parents, uh, although not all people plan that it happens, but when they do for the first time, they should be able to. Uh, take a course in how to parent effectively. And there are a lot of very good uh, courses out there called, one of them is called Parent Effectiveness Training. And I've studied that and trained people and, and done courses in that, in that uh, model. And there are many other very, very good models of how to 
help parents, support parents to, to parent their children, particularly in that first three years. And then um, we also need to install peer violence programs in our nation's schools. Um, preventing bullying is one thing, but put downs are another really devastating effect. I did research on this and I found that uh, the people in my research, these were middle schoolers, they received at least 30 to 40 put downs a day. I mean, it was just a normal kind of way in which they, uh, their friends and uh, interacted with them. And so I, I was able to create a program uh, that eliminated that almost entirely uh, so that, that many schools were much safer for kids to learn. And uh, uh, to eliminate the peer violence in schools really helps the whole school become a safer place and a better place for people to learn. So these are the kind of things that I think uh, we need to do to prevent mass shootings. Now, are they all going to happen? Uh, I doubt it. Uh, I mean, it takes a, a, the political will of, of the, the whole country to initiate uh, these things, to put pressure on our legislators to pass laws that particularly, I mean, there have been proposals, uh, actually one of them passed in, in the House last uh, term to provide, I believe it was, uh, it may have been a year, I don't know how long it was, but paid uh, family leave. And almost all the civilized countries in the world have this. I mean, in some countries, it's up to three years of paid family leave. Uh, we lived in, in Czechoslovakia, and that's what it was there. And I noticed almost immediately how different the children were. They weren't adrenalized like our children are. And, and they were calm, never saw any child act out in a restaurant or in a grocery store or in a public place. And that's pretty common. I mean, if you go out to a restaurant, you can almost expect that somebody with a young child is gonna act out in the middle of your meal. I never saw any of that because they, they were much more secure and more bonded. And so I've seen the results of that kind of that kind of work, and, and I just we're so far behind in terms of the way we support families and parents. So I don't blame parents; they're doing the best they can under the circumstances. With failed systems that should be protecting them, and giving them the tools to do the job that they, they want to do. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Barry, a ton of wonderful information and fantastic suggestions uh today and um is there anything that you'd like to close on before you let us know what we're going to learn about next week no i think that's enough i've said enough <laughs> I, i've tried to, to condense it as much as i can but i mean there is a really uh, a strong uh, need for change and yeah. something something has to something has to give we can't go on year after year with the number of mass shootings we have in this country we can't go on uh, and not do anything about it. And so I'm, I'm just throwing out what I think would be some reasonable kinds of uh, ways to, to bring that under control. Maybe you won't eliminate all of it, but I, if, you, if you even reduce it in half, that would be a major contribution. 
Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you all for listening and watching. And I just want to remind you that if you want to get in contact with Dr. Weinhold or find resources on today's topic or any other topics uh, that you can think of, go to circle.org, click the link in the description of this episode, and you can find out all of the information there. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week. See you, man. Have a good one. For more information, please visit the Colorado Institute for Conflict Resolution and Creative Leadership at CICRCL.org or click the link in the show notes.